Hello, and welcome to this week's of Photographic Life. Um, anybody who listened to last week's podcast or follows the United Nations of Photography, UN of Photo, at Twitter uh, or on Instagram, will be aware that I've just spent the last week in Vancouver, Canada. Um, it's been a really interesting week meeting up with some really great people, lots of photography conversation. But as part of one of the things I did whilst I was out there was I was uh, invited to the uh, the opening and the uh, awards presentation of uh, an event, at an event, um, at a fantastic gallery called the Polygon Gallery in North Vancouver. Um, and the event was a uh, an awards for students. Um, and I think kind of people who had recently graduated also, um, a photography award. Uh, the prize was quite substantial. It was uh, 5,000 Canadian dollars to the winner and 1,000 uh, Canadian dollars to two other finalists. As I say, it was a photography uh, award um, and certainly something to be supported. However, uh, I went along with a few friends, including uh, a good friend from Vancouver who really is the voice of photography in Vancouver. And... Um, we all felt the same way about the work that we saw. I suppose the word that describes it best is confused. We're all supportive of student photography, young photographers, uh, initiatives to encourage young photographers. All of this stuff is good. But the work that was on display is what was confusing. And it was confusing because it raised questions about, well, what is photography? Now, I don't want to come over here as some kind of um, stuck-in-the-past, stuck-in-the-mud kind of a person when it comes to how we can view photography. But I have, over the years, had a number of run-ins, I suppose you could say, with people who seem to feel that the only way that photography can progress is by it being deconstructed. I suppose in a way it's a little bit like food. I'm the kind of person who likes a good pie. I don't need the pie to be taken down to its constituent parts and presented in a funny shape on a slate. I quite like a pie on a pie on a plate. But anyway, I'm still as I say, I'm open to being challenged and anybody who listens to this podcast, I hope um can kind of agree with me on that. Anyway, so the work included um, some audio of a woman screaming, uh, some photographs of some skulls which were framed in driftwood. Uh, there was a voice um, kind of a face recognition, I should say, a face recognition kind of installation that was projected on two walls and on the floor and was obviously run by some kind of computer algorithm. Uh, there were some pictures of slaughtered sheep and there was some film, again of sheep. There seems to have been a theme around sheep. There was some film of some sheep uh, in a paddock. For me, the work didn't work. I couldn't really get underneath it at all. There were no, there was no concept, uh, concept um, set or context, I should say, uh, set. Um, the images just sat on the walls. The work sat on the walls in a, a fantastic space, but it wasn't photography. 
And I know by even making that comment, I'm opening up a whole box of problems there for a lot of people. And I suppose I'm opening myself up for criticism. But I wasn't alone in this feeling. To me, what I was witnessing was lens-based media contemporary art practice. And that's absolutely fine unto and into itself. The work was obviously asking questions that the artists found to be important. But it wasn't photography. It wasn't exploring visual narrative through photography. It wasn't visual storytelling through the photographic image. In fact, it was kind of everything other than that. It was almost saying that the photographic image wasn't enough that it needed the audio, that it needed strange ways, um, and I have to say slightly kind of amateur ways, of framing the work. It needed to challenge in a way further than the image itself, that the image itself wasn't enough of a challenge. And for me, that makes me feel that the images are failing or that the artist who's creating the work doesn't feel content with photography, that they feel the need to do something more. And that to me raises another issue, which is the message that that work is giving out to other young photographers. Are they also uh, going to feel that photography isn't going to give them the tools they require to tell their stories? Is it also going to give a message that it's really important that gimmick is required to make their photography more important or to demonstrate that they are challenging themselves as well as the audience? So many questions come up here at this point. And I suppose in a way that for me is a problem. It's not a problem that that work exists, and it's not a problem that people are creating that work. The problem is the message it's giving about where photography is and where photography should go. I think really, and I again, as I say, I was there with other people who felt felt exactly the same as me, varying in age, um, but all very engaged with photography. And what it kind of said to me was, this wasn't a photography prize. This wasn't a photography award. And actually, I don't think that these students um, were actually studying photography. It was lens-based media. And that is something different, I think. If you look at the United Nations of Photography, we talk about lens-based media conversation. And so I I don't have a problem with that term, lens-based media. But I do feel that it's in conflict at points like this when it's being presented as photography. This week's contributor to uh, What Does Photography Mean to Me is Guy Martin. Uh, Guy was born in Cornwall, England and graduated from the documentary photography course at the University of of, uh, South Wales. Uh, Newport in 2006. He began pursuing long-term personal documentary projects 
uh, one of which trading over the borderline, uh, a documentation of the border region between Turkey and northern Iraq and its trade routes, trade routes uh, won him the Guardian and Observer Hodge Award for Young Photographers. Inspired by regions that are in periods of transition, he went on to pursue a long-term project on the rebirth of the Cossack movement and Russian nationalism in southern Russia and the Caucasus from uh, 2005 to 2007, which culminated in the documentation of the Russian-Georgia conflict uh, in 2008. From January 2011, he began to document the revolution sweeping through the Middle East and North Africa, photographing the revolution in Egypt before documenting the civil war in Libya from the east to the besieged western city of Misrata. Um, during that time is and Misrata, he was um, part of the uh, rocket attack that saw the extremely sad death of uh, Tim Hetherington and also uh, Chris Hondras. Uh, Guy also was severely injured. His work has appeared in The Guardian, The Observer, The Sunday Times, Telegraph, um, Der Spiegel, and so on. And in 2011, he became a member of the Panos Photographic Agency in London. In 2012, he had a number of exhibitions of his work. Um, he now lives um, in both London and Istanbul, and as you're about to hear, his contribution um, takes into account his relationship with photography and that terrible moment in Misrata. I think photography and its meaning to me changed or has changed dramatically since when I first wanted to become a photographer and then finding out I was a photographer. I thought that photography meant you had to be brave. I thought photography meant you had to prove yourself. I thought photography meant that you had to take good pictures. I thought that photography in some way equated to trying to prove yourself. And I think that all of those things certainly played into my, uh, my early years of getting into the type of photography that I found myself doing, which was documentary photography or photojournalism or whatever you want to call it, but perhaps rather inevitably for, for myself, I found myself covering or wanting to cover issues and stories that were on the extremes of, of life. It was the moment in Libya where I think I discovered that for a number of years, photography had been using me and I hadn't been using photography. And I can equate that to obviously to a moment in April 2011 that left two colleagues dead, several injured, including myself. And something then that would take 
years to put right again. So I think when photography means to me is that quite literally photography means everything because I was in a position where I almost sacrificed my life for photography. And it's in stark terms, but but truly when people say photography is everything and they do anything for success and they do anything for this, to almost pay the ultimate price to do something that perhaps you wanted to do as a teenager, it makes you reevaluate what's important in life. And in the years past that moment, for me, I think I've worked hard for me to take control of the photography that I was making, to take control of the storytelling and to take direction and to take control in the direction that I wanted to go and far less for it to be up to haphazard chance or fate. I think if you continue to leave or lead that existence of leaving things to chance and continually to cover the extremes of life, of war, of death, of whatever you want to call it, then the greater chance you have of paying the ultimate price. So now, photography doesn't mean everything to me. I've just released a book from my time spent in Turkey over the past six years. I have two children. I'm married. And I hope that in the years to come that I can continue to control that need for photography to be this thing that could conceivably once was a thing worth dying for which it absolutely categorically is not and never should be so often uh, over the uh, previous weeks, uh, photographers uh, have answered the question set as photography means everything to them. And really interesting there to hear Guy, um, who's been put into that situation where photography took them to a place that uh, I suppose, as, as he quite rightly says, was that point of ultimate sacrifice, um, that led him to uh, reassess exactly what that statement um, means. Uh, if you haven't seen the Chris Hondras uh, film, I highly recommend seeing that. Um, if you're unaware of uh, Tim Hetherington, then I highly recommend you checking out uh, Restrepo, as well as uh, Tim's work in book form and also in uh, film form. Uh, Tim, somebody who I knew um, when working on Photo 8 magazine um, with the brilliant John Levy, uh, somebody who uh, you may be aware of, a fantastic uh, force and energy 
uh, at the turn of the last century, around 2000, in photography, um, setting up in the host gallery, as well as on the back of Photo 8 magazine. Anyway, that's a kind of enough of that. Um, whilst in Vancouver, I had a lot of conversations. Really great to catch up with Amy Roma and also Trevor Brady. Um, two completely different photographers working in different ways. Amy has contributed to a previous podcast, and uh, Trevor will actually be uh, contributing to a future podcast. Strangely enough, two people that I didn't know were in Vancouver at all. Um, Vancouver is a place where I go, and I've, well, I have been going for the last four years um, as part of a uh, lecturing uh, experience, student experience situation. Anyway, really good to talk to both of those guys and share experiences. And it's something I talk a lot about, I suppose, is that in that need and the importance of actually kind of just reaching out. I was having a conversation about that idea of heading for the choppy water. I always believe it's important that if you're given a choice to do the difficult thing or to do the easy thing. Um, personally, I always go for the difficult thing because I never know where it's going to lead me. And the conversations and the coincidences that we shared whilst I was out there really kind of proved, I suppose, the benefit um, of that, uh, that, that choice to actually reach out and contact people. Everybody who appears on this podcast, I've reached out to. And some I know, as I've mentioned, but the majority of people um, I've never met. Uh, Guy Martin, I've never met. So it was great to reach out and hear from these people. The other thing I was also explaining about the, the process of the podcast is that quite often, or in fact, most of the time, I've never heard the people speak about photography um, before I ask them to contribute. I just make a, a call, I make a judgment on the photography I see, and I just allow wherever that takes us to take me, and I suppose to take you as well, because each week if you're listening to this, um, perhaps these contributions by myself, but certainly by the photographers, um, maybe they make you think about things in a different way. And maybe that's a way in which you've never considered photography. That was the kind of conversation I was having in Vancouver. Anyway, great city. Really recommend it. I've got to say, I've, I've been very fortunate enough to pretty much traveled around the world. And Vancouver is absolutely my favorite city. Um, it's a city full of kind of contrasts, um, but there is certainly one area uh, down at um, West Hastings where you have to be a little bit careful. And as we always know on this podcast, and as we finish every podcast, one of the most important things to always do is to take care. Mm -hmm. 